Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 157. I am Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Slam Dunk Andy. I'm excited to be here. Can't wait to talk some sports. And the Tony Cats. Yes, I'm also here and excited to talk about sports. It's back to the three amigos this evening as our uh, sports, our other sports guy, uh, Cooch, will not be joining us this evening. He's, He's got some business to attend overseas. Tony's take classic edition. Well, like we, yeah, and we sent him off to All-Star Weekend a little bit early. Yeah, he's yeah. going to be out there in uh, where Chicago. Did we Chicago, that's right. Chi-town. Having those hot dogs and Italian beef sandwiches. <clears throat> and Deep dish pizzas. There's uh, rumors also he actually might be a prop in the dunk contest. Wow. wow. People saying he might throw up the ball to someone or might get dunked over. So Fancy. he's pretty yeah. excited about that. We did spend over $10 million on marketing yeah. uh, this month. Dwight Howard so. is going to do a dunk with him on his back. Oh, yeah, they yeah. said that's a possibility. That would be amazing. I mean, that would be impressive. I yeah. think he'd uh, probably take out an ACL or something. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, I don't know if Dwight Howard's uh, as, uh, can bounce people on his back like maybe he once used to. I think those Superman days are slowly coming to an end. Yeah. Well, but, before we get too far uh, into the thing... Let's just say, yeah, make sure you hit our uh, subscribe button and share with a friend. We are on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and wherever and you're if, listening. If you're listening to this and you're like, damn, I want to be, I want to listen to this through my Google app. Um, you can. We can't. But you can't. We'll, we'll work on it. I thought that was how you listened. No, no, no. That's an Android app, but there's Google, like Google has their own like Google Music oh. app. Well, stay And I realized we were that. not on it, so... Stay tuned for that. And we're we're kind of in a little bit of a feud with Google right now. Yeah, we have beef in the streets, I guess. So we need to we need to go before them. Um, before them, I believe they're listening to our podcast, though. Yeah, yeah, they are. We have all those plays from Mountain View, California. Mm-hmm. So there's something there's something mysterious <laughs> going on. There's going on. Um, but we're we're trying to work it out. So if you really want to listen to us on your uh, Google Music app, um, you know. Give it, it a, might be possible. Give it time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we talked a little bit about the All-Star Show and uh, break. So before we get into that, though, let's just get over some uh, baseball news really quick. Yeah. Uh, last week, we reported it was breaking news during the recording of the episode, the Mookie Betts trade. And uh, we gave you some information that turned out to be false. Not our fault. Everyone reported it. But the, the original trade fell through. So if you remember, the, the original deal had... The Dodgers trading uh, Kenta Maeda to the Twins, and then one of the Twins prospects going to the Red Sox along, along with a Dodgers prospect, um, as well as Alex Vertigo, um, and then Price and Mookie Betts coming back to the Dodgers. Well, it got held up because the Twins prospect had some medical issues, and there was a lot of backlash from the Red Sox fans. Like They didn't want the deal anyways. They still don't. Um, so... The whole part of the side deal with the Twins got pulled out of the deal, and the Dodgers ended up sending two different prospects, a, a catcher, and I believe it's Colton Wong's brother, Connor Wong, um, along with Jeter Downs, which is uh, really a great name to play in Boston, <laughs> uh, named after the uh, Yankee great Derek Jeter. Um, but as a Dodgers fan, I'm upset that the original deal didn't go through because I didn't want to well, lose those prospects. Also, a big part of that first deal was for the Angels— Jock Peterson and uh, Ross Stripling were going to go to the Angels for Luis Renifo. And uh, that was the only one of the main things of the trade that that didn't end up happening at all. So Angel fans, I know from uh, just being friends with a handful of them, 
and I'm myself, I'm, a, I'm an Angels fan myself. Uh, there was a lot of excitement. I saw a few friends posting on their Instagrams and stuff and excited about Jock Peterson, you know, the powerful hitting lefty. And then they were going to be getting a, you know, solid little pitcher and Ross Stripling, yep. but, uh, a guy who made the all-star team two years ago. Yeah. He, so that he's good. That fell through for the angels. So, uh, there he ended up in my opinion, taking the, the worst of everything. Cause they were, well, it's, it's their but, fault because the deal was yeah. still on the table and they said they pulled out. They yeah, didn't Moreno, like the I heard, yeah, pulled out, whatever, but. Probably should have been a little more patient. I don't know. Maybe he... And, and that's, a, that's a terrible position to be in for uh, all those guys involved, where I know Justin Turner said something about it, that they shouldn't be reporting on these trades until they're done. But I, I don't know. I know Jock Peterson knew he was kind of on the trading block. Yeah. But at this point, it, and along with Stripling, like, it's got to be hard to come back. I know you're pros. you got to do it. Same thing with uh, the Angels guy, Ron Gifo. So um, what about... Uh, is Peterson, you think, going to go anywhere? I think they still have to make that move. Because who's um, the Dodgers? The, the, out other, there now? the other thing that happened is that because of this, the Dodgers had to um, cut two people from the forty-man roster, including um, local Kyle Garlic, went to the same college as me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's another outfielder. Just kind of, I mean, he's not necessarily a, someone who was part of their future, but he was a guy yeah. who had they had for depth and outfield depth. And now that uh, they had to take on major league players with not giving back. Major leaguers in this deal with the Angels, they had to cut two guys from their forty man. So, I mean, it affected well, what, those guys. Uh, what is is uh, Peterson still part of their starting outfield then right now? So Peterson right now is still on the roster because you got Betts, you got Bellinger, and, and then it'll it would if he if he's going to stay with the team, it's going to be like last year when he'll play against righties instead of against lefties. Who's the other Dodgers outfielder though? Why, who? Um, Pollock. Okay, Betts. who's always hurt. Um, but then you got all those guys can play the outfield: Taylor, uh, Kike. Is Bellinger still in the outfield, or does he go back to yeah, first? Yeah, so Bellinger Who's first right now. Uh, Muncie. So okay. the Dodgers have incredible depth and versatility. Where Muncie yeah. can play like all the uh, infield positions. Uh, they still have Matt Beatty who could play first, third, and corner outfield. So they're they're still in a good spot. Oh yeah. Um, they were never going to be in a. So bad when spot. I said like I'm a little upset how this turned out, I'm really not because they got Mookie Betts, and they're just a loaded team. So yeah, they. I think uh, the, there's, I think this might be the year. I mean, I know it's obviously way too early. The season hasn't started, but uh, this could be our Dodger-Yankees uh, World Series that I feel like people have been waiting a while to see. That would be uh, yeah. very exciting, if, uh, in my opinion. You know, everybody that knows the Dodgers know they're from Brooklyn. So, see a yeah, Dodgers-Yankees I know they, they played, World Series. They played in the World Series multiple times. I believe uh, 81 when the Dodgers won was against the Yankees as well. Um, yep, play, so. Obviously, they haven't played since then, <clears throat> and that would be a ton of star power, and you'd have a lot of storylines. Oh, yeah. And just I mean, that's what David Price what again want to see going against the Yankees. That would be and interesting. Bets. bets going against the Yankees yeah. too. It uh, it's definitely I think what the people want to see. So uh, it's obviously way too early, but the very 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 early preview. I mean, we'll actually are we going to give a baseball preview? Uh, I think we'll go back over like a lot of the signings, kind of talk. Maybe like maybe maybe we will. Maybe we more. can do that yeah. again. Like I think we did that last year, is where we gave a uh, division winner, obviously wild card, and then uh, we gave our picks for MVP and Cy yeah. Young. So well, I mean, we did. I, I think we did do MVP picks for the, the, the futures, but we didn't really do Cy Young and like you know maybe surprise stuff. So I, I don't know. I'd like to do that for our baseball fans out yeah. there. I know uh, our other sports guy Cooch is uh, good with uh, baseball as well. So. Yeah, well, maybe in about a month or so, maybe after the March Madness or something, we can do that just before the season starts. But uh, we we are in kind of the uh, slow part of sports. Yeah, know, it's like the dead period. You know, yeah. like you know, I remember in high school, I ran a cross country in the fall, track in the spring, and in the winter, it was just that dead period. And that's uh, 
kind of where we're at right now. I mean, I was just thinking this weekend, I mean, all you've got to bet on this weekend is like hockey and college basketball. And a lot of people aren't very, there's not too many, anyone that's a recreational better doesn't usually like to bet on hockey. And then you've got college basketball is always a mess. I mean, just if I can tell anyone, if I can give anyone any advice, don't even bet on college basketball. There's been like nine times this year already. The number one seed is lost. And then since for the first time, since like 2013, 14 season, the team that was preseason number one is now out of the top 25. Michigan one, State, who I actually thought would be a, a good pick to win it all. I mean, they just – I don't know what it is. I've not been paying attention this year, so I can't really say much. But I'm impressed that Michigan State has found themselves out of the top 25 because I know they still brought back a few people from last year. They still have Cassius Winston, who was supposed to be like one of the favorites to win the player of the year. And it's kind of surprising. I wonder if uh, – it'll be interesting to see if Izzo can get that team to turn it around and maybe make a – a push for uh, something. We've also had the reverse in that, like, I don't know where if Baylor was even ranked coming into the, into the year. Yeah. Uh, they're number one now. I think they're 22 and one or something crazy. Um, yeah. They, they, they're San one Diego of those teams State that, is, it, is number four. Yeah, San Diego State is 24 and 0, number yeah. four in the country. And uh, that's actually what I was, I mean. And then, yeah, Gonzaga and Dayton are also in the top 10 as well. So this is, uh, this is just me really quick. I know we don't, we won't probably really, really talk about college basketball until just before the March Madness. You know, we'll probably do some fun tournaments. Picking just for ourselves and to let you guys know. But uh, if San Diego State wins out, which I feel like they have a good chance to do, I don't see anybody in the Mountain West being able to beat them. And they go undefeated going into the March Madness tournament. I mean, is that going to, and they finish in the top four? I mean, are they, is the committee going to give them a number one seed or are they going to end I think, up I think so because shafted with like a two or three seed? I think people would be very pissed to, to see some like traditional team get if they, in. If they did go undefeated up and then there, you're looking at up until that point, you're looking at like a 32 or 34 0 type record. That's impressive. You don't see yeah. that too often. Even the teams like uh, Gonzaga that are really good in weaker conferences always end up going like 33-1 and one or something. Well, there's usually like three good teams in that conference. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking at it today. The only other teams that are solid in that conference have been like Colorado State and Utah State. So I don't know if they have to play any of those teams on the road yet, if they have or haven't. So, But uh, back to MLB, we do have one more uh, good story. If, uh, obviously, you guys know that uh, our true listeners here is we uh, – talked about that Astros news before it really broke into being like major, major news. You know, we had talked about how like stuff was happening and then it ended up blowing up into something big. And uh, one of the things that we had mentioned was how uh, a few players had their careers never turn around. They had bad outings against the Astros that year and got sent back down. And uh, that's kind of the stuff that we talked about that people don't really like understand and you know, when they hear all this is that, you know, some of these guys have worked a long way for this opportunity and then it just gets taken from them like that. But, uh, one of those pitchers is, uh, going after the Astros and suing them. And that is Mike Bolsinger. He, uh, used to pitch for, he used to be a starter for the Diamondbacks. He played a little bit for the Dodgers, but in 2017, he was a relief pitcher for the, uh, Toronto Blue Jays and came in one inning on August 4th at Houston and got one out and gave up four earned runs, four hits, three walks, and a home run with no strikeouts on 29 pitches to eight batters. And after that game, he got immediately, it says, it got immediately sent back down to the minors. And despite performing well in AAA, he was never recalled and could never latch on with any major league team. He ended up playing the next two years after that in Japan and is currently a free agent. He's 32 years old and he's hoping to maybe have his story be told and let people know that, Hey, he's not that horrible of a pitcher. And he's actually trying to, he says he's wanting to hope to make a team this 
this season. I mean, we'll see. 32 years old is uh, getting up there for a pitcher, but it's a bummer because, I mean, like you were saying, he did have a decent year for the – was it the Dodgers, you said? Yeah, I think it's 2016 season. He made like 22 starts or something with the ERA under four, which it's really solid. The Angels would take that. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think it's probably true that he uh, isn't necessarily a major league quality so, yeah, starter. I've, I've got it right here. His best uh, his best year was uh, 2015 with the Dodgers. 15. He had 21 games played. He went 6-6 six and six with a 3.62 ERA, which isn't bad. But when you do look at his other years, you know, not that crazy. I mean, 2014, he was a starter for Arizona. He went 1-6 and six with a 5.5 ERA. In 2016, with the Dodgers still, he went 1-4 and four in six games with a 6.80 ERA. And then, obviously, that year with Toronto, he pitched 11 games, 0-3 with a 6 ERA. But, you know, it's one of those things where you're going to look at those numbers, and, I mean, it's easy for him to come out here and be like, oh, oh it was that Astros game, which obviously doesn't help. But let's be honest, man, I, I just think, unfortunately, like a long career in the MLB it was just never going to pan out for him. I mean, those numbers, it's not like he went from, you know, sub-four ERAs to like three years in a row and then – ended up having like a nine ERA that year and just never got the chance again. It's, you know, he was always a little, a little rough, but uh, hanging on with the club for just a few more months can actually be huge for a player. Oh yeah. For, oh, financially. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm happy and that he did go to so Japan. He did go to Japan and made money. Um, so he didn't, and, he didn't like go homeless or anything. And, and I will say, I'm happy that uh, players like him are, whether I, whether we think they were good enough to stay in the league or not, I'm happy they are lashing out because they should. You know, it's more of these guys should do it, and the people should start to realize, baseball should start to realize that, hey, you know, more has to be done to this Astros team. I mean, I think I still think they, something should be happening to the players, but, and you've had former players speak out. I mean, Hank Aaron, I saw, said that every single player should be banned for life, which is a little in, yeah. intense, but it's just coming from one of those old-timer guys that uh, has love for the game and is saying, you know, like, it shouldn't be forgivable, but... What I find interesting is uh, we've talked about it. I think we've mentioned it before that the Angels opening uh, home series, they start off on the road this year, I think like in Oakland or something. But when they come home, it'll be Friday, April 3rd will be their home opener. And it is ironically against the Astros. And the Astros this season do not play the Dodgers at all. And I, I kind of, I don't know if I said it on the podcast or I said it to a friend, but I had joked around saying, I'm not even really joked around, actually like made an observation saying I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of Dodger fans try to go to those games when Houston's in town because to obviously get their mind out there, you know, say whatever they have to yell at the field and try to be as close to these guys as possible. And uh, sure enough, somebody, one of my, uh, someone was telling me that uh, apparently a bunch of, I don't know how they know this, but apparently a bunch of Dodger fans have been buying tickets. Yeah, I think there was kind of a little bit of a, a movement among some of the online communities to do that. And, uh, yeah, there are plenty of fans, Dodger fans in Orange County. And, yeah, I was going to say, a lot of Dodger fans are in Orange County. So, I mean, you're a Dodger fan in Orange County, yeah. so is Cooch. I mean, they uh, they definitely do have their fans everywhere in Southern California because they, you know, were just the, have been always been the popular team for a lot of people around here. You know, the Angels were always kind of like the little brother around here, yeah. and the Dodgers have always been the, the team that everybody has liked around in Southern California. But, uh, hey, it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm hoping I can snag tickets to that game and go, but... I'll tell you, that'll be one of those games, especially it being a Friday night. You know, most people won't have work. They'll have to worry about work that next morning. And there's going to be, there's going to be some rowdiness. I, w- I would be afraid to be an Astros fan. Yeah, I night. really, I, <laughs> and if you, if you are an Astros fan that, and you want to just see your team, don't engage with people. Like, go ahead, wear your hat and stuff. When people start doing shit, yeah. don't, don't go 
back. I mean, we've and had we've had incidents not only at Dodger Stadium. I know people know about those, but there was a guy, I think it was a Red Sox fan, who um, got like beat up pretty bad. I think a couple years ago. Yeah, and the the other um, thing is too is that uh, yeah, when people are drinking and being upset, just don't just trying to avoid. Yeah, it. and I think there's actually going to be a fair amount of Astro fans there because. Let's be frank. The Astros have been one of the better teams in baseball over the last three seasons. And when that happens, you just naturally like the Golden State Warriors. You just naturally start to see fans pop up everywhere all of a sudden out of nowhere. And uh, I just wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, there is a good amount of Astro fans there. Plus, a lot of I feel like a lot of people that are Texas fans of some sort are in Orange County area or something. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I feel like California and Texas teams have fans everywhere. But uh It'll be interesting. You know, it'll be definitely interesting to see what happens with at that game. It'll be interesting to see what happens, honestly, all season for Houston. You know, what uh, pitchers that'll go after them maybe or teams. And it'll be, uh, it'll be an exciting year, in my opinion. I'm actually uh, looking forward to baseball season a lot this upcoming season. I think it'll be uh, a good one. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, shit being talked about baseball. Um, I don't know if you saw the whole thing with changing the playoff format. So I, I saw that they were yeah. talking about it, but I had Trevor Bauer like, called out the commissioner and told, said he's a joke and embarrassment. And it's like Trevor Bauer's an animal yeah. lately. Trevor Bauer has just a unique personality, but uh, the playoff format, would that be just making it like eight teams? Like NBA they said seven. I don't know how that works. I don't know the math, how that works. I don't care. Cause yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I don't think it will either, but, but they keep trying all this. They're saying like, in how like, Oh, the DH is going to happen. All this shit that people don't really want. But like at the same time, People think baseball is failing. So, what does, what do people actually want? I don't know. But uh, there's a lot of bad stuff around baseball right now. And we just need to see the games. People will, will forget that, I think. I think, because I do think it'll be a fun year. There's a lot of, a lot of fun players, a lot of, a lot of movement that happened last offseason. So, I'm, I'm positive, probably because my team is really good. But, oh, yeah. I think there's there's a lot to be. No, it will be, and, I, and I, I, I'm gonna say that I think there could be some Cinderella teams this year. Not necessarily saying they're gonna win it all, but I think there could be a couple teams out there like maybe the Padres or like uh, the uh, White Sox that could make little runs this year. It could be uh, little fun Cinderella teams. A lot of people are still high on the Tampa Bay Rays, which would be a fun team to see actually do something. So should be a good year. But uh, now uh, shifting over to a. Uh, the NBA, we got a, uh, we had some trades this Ooh. past week, and then also on top of that, we've got the big All Star Game weekend. But uh, I say we start off with some of those trades. What uh, what were the big ones? Who were the winners of this uh, NBA so, trade deadline? It's hard to say. I don't know if any team really won any of these trades. I don't know if I love any of them. But so. also, really quick before we get into it, I just want to say. I had been saying that between the Lakers, Clippers, and Bucks, I said whoever would make the best move at the deadline would be the team that would be the favorites. And Lakers didn't make any move. I believe the Bucks didn't make any move. And the Clippers, you know, they got a... Uh, I believe the Bucks Morris, are going to get Marvin Williams. I think that's the uh, the rumor he's going to get bought out. Okay. So that's somebody, a veteran who can make threes, a, a college champion. One was North Carolina. Um, so I'm just going to go through some of yeah, the trades. Let's go through them. Because I don't know who actually won any of these. Uh, one of the, the big one that happened before the deadline, a couple days before the deadline, was... A four-teamer, Robert Ooh. Covington going to Houston. Okay. Uh, Capella going to Atlanta. Oh, boy. See, a lot of these... Okay, I'll, I'll get into it. And then, bit. I can't remember the other... The fourth team was Beasley. Malik Beasley of the Nuggets went to oh, Minnesota. Yeah. And then there was a fourth team involved, and it was just kind of a weird trade that I don't know who got better, who got worse. 
Or that is the four teams. Atlanta, Denver, Houston, and Minnesota. Yeah. Um, but it was just kind of like shifting. For Houston, they, they have been having some success with Capella out with the small lineup. Yeah, Houston's uh, – I can just tell you guys for betters out there, Houston games – Look at the over all the time now because they're going to have nobody down low to have any presence, and then they're just going to be a fast-shooting team. So teams like that, obviously, if there's a night where they're cold, they're going to get annihilated. But when there's a night they're hot, they're going to put on a show. Yeah. And like they've had a little role, guys like Ben McLemore looking a lot better now, and then Robert Covington can shoot the three ball. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with Houston because, I mean, I just imagine if they got – imagine them being paired up against a team like the Lakers, like Anthony Davis would. But, they, again, they but did then again, beat they the just Lakers. beat the Lakers, it, right. So that just – I think they're, a team, point, they're a team that could beat anyone yeah. or lose to anyone, I think. Because they did – right. then they ended up losing to someone really bad. They the got Suns. blown out by someone. But I yeah. think that happens a lot, though, because it's like they won that big game against it, the Lakers. It definitely happens. A, I'm a Clippers fan. <laughs> but, then, but I'm saying, like, especially on the back-to-back, like yeah. you would just beat the Lakers on the road – then you go and play Phoenix that next night on the road, and it's like there's no motivation there. You almost mentally, not saying they didn't try, but just mentally you just you almost take a game off. Yeah. But So I, I don't know what this really does for their chances. I think they want – they really wanted to replace Ariza. They never replaced him last year, and this is kind of that guy. But, I mean, he's, I think, more inconsistent. You don't know where you can get from him. Also, though, uh, Capella to Atlanta, like what are your thoughts on that? Because, I mean, is that just them wanting to get Trey Young a – a big presence down there or something? Or I think, I think they were able to get long? upgrade that position. I think they ended up giving up Alex Len and um, I think Jabari Parker was actually the other guy that went out. Yeah, Jabari Parker I did see go. And that's just kind of basically garbage at this point. Um, I don't know. Atlanta is so far away from being good. And so I, I don't know. I don't know if Capella is part of their future or not. I if That's just like trading salaries. But I think that's a guy who can work well with Trey Young. Just a guy who dunks and block shots and rebounds that's what capella is and it's hard to know how really valuable those guys are because we have another one like that that got traded for nothing but we'll get to that later uh, and then on the the, the t-wolf side i don't know covington was one of the main pieces they got back from jimmy butler and both of those main pieces are now gone sarich and covington um we're both have both been moved now and so they they got beasley who's a nice like role player bench player type and but he's a he's a free agent and yeah they had an active deadline i mean they got rid of yeah so they made another move as well yeah, like anthony I, wow anthony wiggins andrew wiggins went to uh i almost said my name it's your name yeah andrew wiggins went to uh the warriors and then d'angelo russell came over to uh minnesota and from stuff they were showing it seemed like uh d'angelo russell and carl anthony towns have been wanting to pair up for a while yeah they were trying to work that out uh this summer and they they couldn't get a deal done because there was nothing that Brooklyn wanted. And then uh, shortly after that, Steve Kerr kind of came out and said that he never thought D'Angelo Russell was going to work for Golden State anyway, just because the position players, like if there was a time where they were all healthy together with him, Curry Thompson, and maybe he's right. Maybe he's wrong. I mean, maybe they just feel like, uh, and I mean, I do agree to an extent because D'Angelo Russell, it's like how Brandon Ingram's doing right now on the Pelicans. It's like, he was good when he left the Lakers because he went to a team where he was the guy. And then the moment Kyrie Irving got into town, it's like he was gone. And then he went to a team that had Steph Curry. And it's like Steph Curry's been out all year and Thompson. So he's kind of helped a little bit. But he needs to be at a place that like Minnesota where he's like the main guard shooter. But he also has a good big in Anthony Towns. Yeah. So if they can stay together and Minnesota has something miracle, miraculous happen over the next couple of years, maybe they can be fun to watch. But for now, they're a lost they franchise. Just, they just seem lost. But it seems like no one's happy there either. Jimmy Butler came there and started complaining. Andrew Wiggins had his moments of complaining. Carl Anthony Towns has been complaining. 
Like there's there's something going on in that franchise. Like I mean, uh, yeah, that franchise. Someone needs to like go in there and clean house. I think. I think they have like cleaned house multiple times. And yeah, well, they gotta I, do it again. It's that Target guy that still owns them. It's his fault. <laughs> I mean, Target, great store, but I don't know if they can handle a basketball team. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently not. Yeah, it's All the right. cold. So we also saw uh, Andre Iguodala finally traded. Yeah, I think so we been, finally watched him play for once. Yeah, so he sat out the entire year so far and waiting for a trade, and the Grizzlies were able to trade him along with Jay Crowder to the Heat. And uh, Grizzlies get back, I think, a pick as well as Justice Winslow, who, you know, despite being like a someone people know and being a lottery pick at one point, he just doesn't – he hasn't been part of their team this year. So they really – it's kind of they're trading no one for something, which is – what a team like Miami needs. They're kind of, they're a contender, but they're a little bit out of it. If you, if you remember, if you listen to our predictions podcast, that was a Cooch had said that he thought Miami was going to make a big move. And they tried to, because not only did they trade for Iguodala, they were very close to trading for Danilo Gallinari. And they couldn't work out that deal at the end, but that would have been huge to get both of those guys, like two significant players to add to, this team that's been very successful with, a, I mean, one of the surprises of the year that they brought in Jimmy Butler, but no one saw, you know, Kendrick Nunn, oh, and yeah. Derek Jones Jr., Duncan Robinson, all these guys. Those guys are, and I'll tell and, you, and that's Bam became getting, a huge getting into All Star Weekend. Yeah, Bam's a player in it, but also uh, they have the Jones Jr. in the dunk contest and Duncan uh, Dunk. What's his Robinson. name? Duncan Robinson. <laughs> this thing in Spurs. the three point contest. So I mean. He, uh, they are a fun little team. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, I really don't care too much about the East, but they're a team that I kind of find myself cheering for because I do agree when Jimmy Butler went to Miami, everybody was like, oh, he's just going there. Cause there's no taxes, blah, blah, blah. Like he's throwing it away. Like he doesn't even want to win. And it's like, look at him now. Now he's the one laughing. He even had a quote and said, you guys all thought I wasn't good or something like that. Like you thought I can't be a guy that carries a team. So he's playing with a chip on his shoulder this year. He's got a good supporting cast. All those guys seem like they like it playing together. It seems like there's no pressure turmoil there and i think they're gonna so i think they can continue to surprise teams even into the playoffs we got to see them last week and it was pretty fun yeah, yeah we saw some like the best of how they can play and also some of the, the yeah they, i mean they are a young team i mean yeah. also so i mean they're gonna and definitely Hero have those moments out. i yeah. wanted to see him pop i don't even think Hero, hero's not even their best shooter <laughs> I, he's just fun no. to watch shoot but uh also though for your team yeah another big deal um marcus morris who uh, signed with the Knicks this offseason for just a, a one-year deal, just get paid as much as he can for one year, uh, ended up getting traded to the Clippers, who the Clippers actually had a deal in place for him, I think like a three-year deal, had they not made the uh, Kawhi thing. Well, so uh, they, they had been targeting for him for a while. One of the things Morris brings to that team is some grit. And as of 10 minutes ago, I have just saw on my phone that he actually got into it with Embiid tonight. You know, a nice uh, that's deserved match. because Embiid is just a, such a prick. And Embiid was testing him. It showed yeah. it uh, of him pushed like kind of pushing him, and then uh, you can't do that to Morris. And Embiid even had a quote the other like earlier today or yesterday that said something like, "I'm getting back to being like my asshole self and <laughs> blah blah blah," and just going out there. And it's like this back guy's to gonna it. get clocked <laughs> in the face one day, and he will go down like a can of potatoes or a bag of potatoes. Philly quite just a beat the Clippers by seven, by the way. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, Philly, Philly needed it. They're been a lot of been shit on for like the last two weeks um, yeah philly uh sometimes i mean at home i mean that's they're no mistake to winning at home i mean they're uh they're no stranger i should say to winning at home they uh very good home team and they uh they've got that length i mean they're one of those teams that they when they can play this game to their pace and they slow the game down a little bit 
And they get you with their length. They're a tough team. I mean, they beat the Lakers at home. They beat the uh, now they just beat the Clippers at home. I saw on Christmas Day they dominated the Bucks at home. I mean, they if they're one of those teams that can sneak, you know, a two three seed up there in the East. Because I mean, who no one's talking about, and I didn't even realize their record is the Raptors. Well, the Raptors have won like fifteen straight or something. They're now. forty and fourteen, and I just don't even understand how. Yeah, better record than last year. I just don't even understand yeah, that how. Make any sense. And uh, it's very upsetting to me because the Raptors fans are so obnoxious. They Canadians. love to to flaunt their record in front of the Clippers fans' faces and be like, basically talk shit that Kawhi, Kawhi is a loser because he left this great team and went to your loser team. And it's like, just shut up already. It makes me so upset. Yeah, it's not very Canadian. So yeah, they they have won 15 in a row. The last time they lost was January 12th at home to the San Antonio Spurs by one point. You know, they I think they just have a, a very a violent nature that they get from their GM. Yeah. Did you happen to see this? No. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, was this the... Remember with the cop? Yeah. So, okay, yeah. So there's totally no charges filed. So the cop has now uh, filed a civil lawsuit against Masai. Um, and he said that, uh, you know, the Warriors are partially responsible because they did not warn him of the violent nature of Masai Ujiri. Oh, they're like, supposed to let him know. It's like, oh. <laughs> so it's on them. Yeah, because be suing, obviously, you know, Steve Curry, you know this GM of an NBA team is a threat. Mm-hmm. You got to know in advance. This guy at any moment can go crazy and you know gently move himself out of out of your way because he wants to you celebrate. Know, Bomber goes crazy, but when he goes crazy, he just rips his elbow on his shirt. Yeah, so I mean, no, no one's going to try to stop Bomber from celebrating. But no, we encourage yeah. him. In fact. <laughs> so yeah, that was that's an insane story. I don't know why that that. That guy said he's like permanently disabled. It's like a Harvey Weinstein or something. Oh God! Yeah, I love that Harvey's just walking around in a goddamn. Oh, I saw that Walker. I was actually just talking. He's sixty-nine years old. Funny number. Uh, I, was, I was just talking about that today. How he? Uh, I was like, when I saw him, I was like, holy shit, that guy looks so frail. Like, don't you have to be offended as a juror that you think this guy thinks that you're dumb enough to see this and be like, oh, he's harmless? I mean, it's like the Paul Pierce maneuver. It's like you know, the wheelchair. You, Paul Pierce in a wheelchair from the NBA. Finals. Are you even a Lakers fan, Sean? That should already trigger oh, you. Oh, wait, Paul Pierce. When. God, we've completely lost this guy to the Clippers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, where else? I don't know. Talk about any more, any more trades. I don't think uh, Mar- Marcus Morris to the Clippers. It's a it's a fine deal. They lost Mo Harkless, who I, I I'd like good energy. He actually had a good game against the Heat. Yeah, you always were a Mo Harkless guy. Yeah, I think he's not a good sh- shooter, but he can make some shots. He could hit the three ball occasionally. Yeah, well, but Morris has been just on fire from three this year, and that's a that's a big upgrade. Um, I hope he doesn't think he's the best player and try to like shoot. He better them not. I think last year with the Celtics was kind of a mess because. That team would just the team hated each other. Morris was part of that. Um, he seemed to not get along with those guys. And what kind if he's of was a like, plague and they brought him here? Yeah, I think he just like he's like <laughs> fuck these young guys. I'm I'm the best player. I'm better than Jason. Taylor. What if Marcus Morris is coronavirus for the Clippers? But I think uh, Marcus Morris. Though I think the difference with that is because guys like Tatum are and uh, Brown are young guys. Hayward's this yeah. little white guy that he obviously has no respect for. And then, but I think when he comes to the Clippers, you're going to see guys like Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. And it's like, okay, I respect those guys, yeah. even though I'm obviously a little, a little bit older than them. It's like I still I respect these guys. Like these guys are my guys. Yeah. But uh, is that it for the trades? Uh, no, one more. That was one more big trade. Almost inconsequential. Oh, okay, thank you. This this one's one of this one's actually probably my favorite trade because <laughs> I just visioned how it was in like the GM's office when this was going down, like. 
all right, Andre, we're trading you. And he's like, all right, well, you know, finally getting out of Detroit to a nice team. It's to Cleveland. <laughs> Arguably yeah. a shittier city and way shittier of a team. Just insane that it's, that happened. It's the strangest thing. Andre Drummond, who I think is a valuable player, he's going to lead the league in rebounding for like the 11th straight year or something crazy. He's just, he is what he is. He's He's a rebounder. He could block shots. He's just massive and... You know, will have a high shooting percentage, but he's not really a basketball player. Um, he ha- he had his deals about to expire. I don't think Detroit wanted to to bring him back because they're a mess of a franchise right now. Um, with you know Blake Griffin owed a lot of money and not being able to be on the court, they just got to start over. And I think they were just like, hey, we're not going to try to resign you. Um, so let's just trade you. But then. They basically just traded him for nothing. They got like John Henson and something else back. Or some Brandon Knight, who I think I thought was on Detroit at, at the time, but probably has been traded back and forth between Detroit and Cleveland like twelve times now. Um, but also, if you Cleveland is, oh my God, they're terrible as well. They're a mess. Kevin Love, I don't think I. I'm worried for him. He. They should just they. <laughs> they should send him back and be like, Kevin, you can't be. You shouldn't be playing anymore. Like. I'm, we're sorry because we gave you the shit team to play with. This is not good for you to, because he's obviously yeah, way mentally, unhappy. Yeah. And what good is it? They're not. They're not winning games. They're not trying to win games. You what? could tell he's been unhappy too, because the one thing about Kevin Love when he was on Minnesota was he was like a husky guy and was strong down low and stuff. But over the years in Cleveland, you've seen him get like skinnier and skinnier, and people yeah. always want to assume like the positive, like oh man, he's just it's because he's working out and stuff. But then it comes out that like he admits he has like struggles with mental health stuff and it's like being on a team like this clearly doesn't help because it just makes you more unhappy and then more unhappy is more stress and then that's just doesn't help those situations and he's definitely lost some weight and i think it's more so because of stuff like that i don't think it's more of like really getting into good tip-top shape and it's like you see the body language like when he's chucking the ball like a few couple weeks ago and it's like it's just not healthy for him or his teammates and it's a young team he just doesn't belong there. He needs to go join a team where he can have fun again and be happy again. But yeah, go give him give him that uh, Andre Iguodala deal for the rest of the year, and then figure out some way to move him this summer. Because I think I think after this summer he has only two years left on that deal, and it's it's while it's a lot of money, it's something that a team can absorb. And I don't know, he need he need he needs something else. This Cleveland and Detroit are both in that same position where they just need to like fucking blow it up cleveland got screwed i think this year i think everyone talks about the knicks losing out on the top two picks but the cleveland as well had the same record i think yeah and also lost out on jaw and zion and actually ended up with the fourth pick and um garland that's the guy they got Darius yeah, garland i haven't really heard much of him this just year. It, it's it's really a shame that he's like the same player as colin sexton who they drafted the year before yeah. it's like neither of them are going anywhere I mean, maybe they're hoping for some sort of lillard mccollum type from them but i don't know if that's happening it just seems like not it you'll never know if they're good because they're both playing with each other with absolute shit yeah so it's hard to develop players like that so <sighs> yeah depressing in the midwest yep the rest <clears throat> belt team is just and it's not like chicago's doing any better that's a massive a franchise as well thank god from walking Milwaukee. Milwaukee stole all of the midwest powers they're really like it's there's between the four of them that's like two good teams but Milwaukee is Basically, two good teams by themselves. Yeah, Milwaukee's it's, it's uh, insane. Pretty good. But uh, anyway, moving on to the All Star game this weekend, we got a. Uh, so the All Star game, I don't know if we. Uh, I think we we announced the starter on the the players last week, and I came out and said, "Thank God 
it's a draft because if it was East versus West, it would get annihilated. Well, now I take that back because Giannis's draft might have been worse than if yeah. it was East versus West. I don't know what he was doing. What was he thinking? I mean, do we even have it like really quick? Like I can the guys on Team LeBron is just it's it's insane to me. I mean, I just can't Well, he took Embiid with his first pick, right? So you want me to and Embiid might be the worst guy on the, the starting lineup. I've got it right here, I believe. Right. Yeah, so Team Team it, LeBron. Let me just read off Team LeBron really quick. Obviously, LeBron James. Anthony Davis, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic. That's the starting lineup. And then so the, the starters are all the starters. That, that's yeah, what, that's, so the starters are the Western starters yeah. that were originally going to be there. And then you go to his bench, Chris Paul. A West Coast guy also. Well, it's LeBron's boy. Damian Lillard, also a West Coast guy. Jokic, West Coast guy. But then he goes and gets Ben Simmons from the East. Sabonis from the East. Jason Tatum from the East. And then he's got Westbrook from the West also. So he only has three East Coast guys. And I mean, they're solid. Simmons, Sabonis, Tatum. But I just can't fathom it. And then you go and you look at Team Giannis. Obviously, you got Giannis. Then you've got Embiid. Siakam, Walker, Trey Young. So the East Coast starters also. And then his reserves, Bam Adebayo, Brandon Ingram, Jimmy Butler, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton. Like, I'm not even sure you can even bet on the All-Star game this year because of like how they're doing the fourth quarter. But I... What are we going to see here? Like a 10-point spread or something? I mean, an 8-point spread? I was really thinking about that. Yeah, what is... Like, I don't even know what you can put on that because... Team LeBron is just so much better. Yeah, I think LeBron started out with a luxury in that his teammate is probably the guy you'd want next. I mean, there's other competitors there, Kawhi and stuff like that. But then uh, Giannis's teammate is Chris Middleton. <laughs> and it's like they, you know, each one had to take their teammate. And I think they probably agreed to that. That'd be very awkward if, if Giannis yeah. was like, I don't really like Middleton here. <laughs> and be like, you uh, just you, don't you, work. You, you got to take him. Uh, but then for him to be like, I want my. Guys in the East, like he, can he? Does he like uh, Embiid? Like, so I don't get that. Like, I think they've gotten fights before. This is why I think LeBron's team is like when I said East versus West. I think the team LeBron is better than what that team West would have been because the three guys that are from the West Coast on uh, Giannis's team are Brandon Ingram, Rudy Gobert, and Donovan Mitchell. The three guys on LeBron's team from the East: Simmons, Sabonis, and. well, I just blinked on it. Simmons, Sabonis, and Tatum. The only one that I would say is better is Donovan Mitchell, I would say, is better than those three guys, in my opinion, better than... I think D- Simmons is the best out of that six. Okay, then I, I think I think Mitchell's definitely better than uh, Tatum and uh, um, Sabonis, but my point is, is that the guys from the West that he got rid of and traded for East guys are basically better than that, so it's like he, he Giannis somehow got a, drafted a worse team than what that East Coast team yeah. was, and Somehow on this earth, LeBron got a better team. It's just, it's kind of unfortunate in a way because the whole point was to see like it be a mix. And it's like LeBron's team is just, well, and it's, it's insane it's to me. It's guys who you've seen on the All-Star team for so long together anyways. I mean, aside from LeBron, but Harden, Paul, Westbrook, that's, we've seen those guys a million times playing All-Star games together. Yeah. Along with Anthony Davis. I don't even like, know how to fathom it, but anyway. It's, yeah, it was bad. Let's just get to the, the dunk contest, because those will be exciting, I think. The dunk and three-point contest. So, 
We're going to give you guys the odds of the dunk contest and the odds of the three-point contest, and we're going to each pick you guys a winner because, you know, we still want you guys to be able to bet on something this weekend. So, Not uh, the XFL. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. So I'll start with the dunk contest. Your favorite is a former champion, Aaron Gordon, at plus 130. So $100 wins you 130 Second is Derek Jones Jr. at plus 165. So pretty close between yeah. those. And then it drops off a little bit here. Pat Connington, a white boy from uh, the University of Notre Dame, plus 365. And then also former champion, veteran Dwight Howard, plus 475. So you guys have any uh, picks on who you think is going to win that? I mean, I I do like Connington here because I think people don't know that he's a dunker. Yeah. That he's actually like... He's got the value. He's got a... You know, really great vertical. And it's in Chicago. Notre Dame guy. The fans will be a little excited for that. And that will start to influence some of the judges. So, yeah, and I like that value. I'm not saying I would pick him to win straight up. But being the third favorite there. You're saying, like, why not? If you had had some some angel bucks, we'll say. You would be like Pat Connington. All right, Sean, what about you? What say you? I mean, that's tough. Obviously, I, I haven't seen many dunks by any of these guys. Um, we did just watch Derek oh, Jones. We saw Jones throw some down live. And yeah, he yeah. is a twig. He's like Tayshaun Prince out there. Yeah. Um, so I feel like he might be able to throw down some pretty good ones, but I don't know. I guess I'll go with him. All right. I'm going to make a prediction here, and then I'm going to go with a bold prediction. Okay. I as well like Derek Jones Jr. to win. Derek Jones Jr. can fly. Yeah, he was throwing and out he some is good a skinny. That should be illegal. <laughs> a skinny guy who's got some length. This dunk contest is in Chicago. I think he's going from the free throw line. Yeah. I think he's going to go from the free throw line. I think he's going to do it. Look at that. That's a, a bold prediction here. And if he doesn't do it, then maybe Aaron Gordon does. But Aaron Gordon, I just feel like now a few years older since he won it. I just don't know if he's got like... Aaron Gordon can also fly though. But I just put, I'll put my money on Derek Jones Jr. But I think between Jones Jr. and Aaron, and, uh, Aaron Gordon, one of those guys is going to attempt the free throw line because it's going to be Jordan. I, can, I already have the vision that one of these guys takes off their jersey. And then it's R. A Kelly Jordan. comes out and performs. Okay, I don't know about that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's a Michael Jordan jersey, and one of those guys is going from the free throw line in Chicago. Also, I'll be interested in to see because I imagine someone's got to do some sort of, maybe some sort of Kobe tribute thing, which I don't know, but I just think it being in Chicago, knowing how well those two guys can jump, Derek Jones especially, I think someone's leaping from the free throw line. Yeah. Well, now on to, uh, honestly, my per- one of my personal favorites, the three-point contest. So I'll give you guys the odds from the, all the players, and I'll give you their, or their odds in order. I've always wanted to do this, by the way. A three-point contest? Just have you know that little cart at each spot. Oh, yeah. Shoot you know, See eight what you can buckets, do. eight balls per spot or whatever the number is. We can try to set that up at a local middle school. <laughs> yeah. We got, we got two balls. <laughs> so the, uh, the three-point odds. Your two favorites at plus 375, Trey Young and Damian Lillard. Then after that, you got two guys at four to one odds, Duncan Robinson and Joe Harris, who I believe was last so year's this champ. Is, these, these are different odds than I saw when I looked this up. Oh, really? It changes my thinking a bit. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, they're different on different mm, sites. I yeah, mean, okay. Uh, and then right after that is Burton's at f- uh, plus 450, and then Buddy Heald at plus 650. Uh, Devonte Graham at ten to one odds, and then Zach Levine at twelve to one odds. Okay, 
So what uh, what were you seeing, or what changes your so, mind here? So on, I think I saw on DraftKings they had um, Duncan Robinson at plus five fifty, okay. and I really like that. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was thinking. Well, I'll tell you, Duncan Robinson's on that streak right now of hitting like, what has he had like nine straight games with at least three threes or something? I didn't know that. I mean, so he, he's uh, yeah, I think he's um. People are starting to catch the eye of some I think people. he has the highest percentage of anyone in the contest right now. Uh, Joe Harris is defending champ, and he's great, and you can't really count him out. Um, but I, what I like here is actually the bottom. I, w- I would be interested in putting money in both of those guys. The Graham and Levine? Yeah. And seeing... Devontae you know, Graham, I think, wouldn't be too bad. Because, I mean, I think just a lot of people don't know him. I mean, I yeah. bet 90% of people can't because, even name what team he plays Because what for. I saw in DraftKings, both those guys were 9-1. Uh, to one. And so it seemed like the odds were a little shortened with uh, whatever their their book was. Um, yeah. But I think with those, I think it, it, this is a crapshoot. Zach Levine is maybe the streakiest shooter in the game and can clearly win a, a three point competition if he's if he's feeling it. Um. So I think that's good value to get him twelve to one. You said it, it's worth. I think it's worth it picking, putting a little bit of money on him as well as who you think actually is going to win. Yeah, I agree with that. You oh. put down a little bit on one of those big ones, and then you put a little bit more on who you think. But, uh, so who is your pick? But I, I, I like Duncan Robinson to win. And, okay. And I said, if you can get it at five to one, I really like that. But if you, if you can't. All right. What about you? Say you, Sean. So I love my boy Damien, but this is too close. <laughs> He's shooting... 67% well, from beyond 30 feet. He, yeah, if he had like a defender like two yeah, feet away. Yeah, he could take better, like yeah. four steps back each time. I think he'd Just have it. Paul George like next to him at all times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, <laughs> I guess you can say the same for Trey Young even. he's He likes to shoot from the goddamn logo. Uh, so, like Andy was kind of saying, streaky shooter Zach Levine, this is his floor. Yeah, I think if he gets going, it, what a better spot to get going than his home, yeah, home court. Yeah, 12 to 1 odds. So, not too bad. I'm going with him. All right. Sean, you literally took the words out of my mouth of why <laughs> I don't like Trey Young and Damian Lillard to win. That. Because they are the two favorites, and I don't see value in them at all because... They're in-game they, guys. Exactly. Yeah. They are in-game guys. I've said it before. They like to pull up from deep. They're not spot-up guys, which is why... Me, personally, I look at my three white dudes in the middle. Duncan <laughs> Robinson, Joe Harris, and Burtons. Those guys are pure shooters. Joe Harris won it last year. I don't think he repeats. Duncan Robinson, I do like, but I I just, I don't know why. I just, my gut has told me that I, I'm going to go with Burtons. I just like that he's just such a pure shooter, and I he's a veteran guy. He's a, you know, he can handle this type of moment, I think, and I think he's just the spot up and just going to, Barry, Barry, Barry. But uh, I definitely think it comes from somewhere there in the middle. But I do, I mean, but I do, you know, agree with, I mean, obviously Duncan Robinson, I could see definitely winning. And then Zach Levine at 12 to 1 on his home court. How do you say no? I mean, mm-hmm. he is one of those guys that does get streaky. So, yeah, it could be really could good or it could be really bad. But also, though, I would have preferred to see Levine in the dunk contest, but I don't know if there's like some Should've injury. Should have double there dipped. Should have double dipped. Yeah. Yeah, you can. You've seen some good double dips. But, uh, I've always, even as a kid, I've always enjoyed a NBA All-Star Weekend more than any other All-Star Game Weekend. I mean, I've always enjoyed watching the dunk contest and the three-point contest, so I look forward to watching both of those this Saturday. The celebrity game where, like, Kevin Hart, like, plays the uh, yeah. entire game. Yeah, and Justin Bieber, usually. Yeah. And but, uh, the fat D, uh, DJ guy, DJ Khaled. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not, uh, 
to be honest with you, I'm not looking too forward to watching the actual All-Star game. I just think no. it's going to be a slaughter. But uh, I well, guess we'll see. You never know. There'll Maybe be a Giannis. few good highlights on House of Highlights. I, th- I think if the first three quarters are close because of how the, the new rules, that could be really fun fourth quarter because they'll actually, I think, play hard. And then you do have a team like Giannis is that is more lengthy and stuff. I mean, hey, maybe Giannis knows something we don't. Maybe he thinks height is what wins this thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, and back in the day, NJB, my dad was the coach one of these years. This is like his first time coaching. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to get the, the bigger kids so we can really soak up the boards down yeah. low. And boy, was that, was that a mistake. <laughs> and obviously, these guys are big and, and strong. They're not just, you know, uh, husky guys. They can move. But you see my point. Yeah. yeah but the... The West has, you know, Westbrook and Chris Paul and, like, good rebounding guards. Yeah. So. Yeah. I agree. And Ben Simmons, who's a six foot ten point guard. That helps. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think that's going to do it for us. You know, we're like we said, we're at that dead period where there's not really too much sports to talk about. So, it was really just some baseball and NBA news today. You know, yeah. football yeah. season's come and gone. I don't think we know really anything about the XFL. NHL, uh, we, played. we that. just never really talk about, but but yeah, that'll uh, that'll wrap us up. Yeah, and make sure you uh, check out our entertainment pod where we cover coronavirus, which has an, uh, officially been named, and uh, we cover some folding phones. It was not called that before. So coronavirus, I guess, well, is just we'll get, a, let's, gen- let's a generic thing. But yeah, uh, so uh, yeah, you've been listening to episode one hundred and fifty-seven. I'm Sean, and joined with me we had Tony Katz. Yes, we did. In the off-road, Andy. Goodbye.